Yeah, it's true. Everybody, please turn your hymnals to 277. Please and thank you. Trust and obey. Amen. Trust and obey the Lord. Hmm. All right. Should we stand together, Pastor? Or would you stand together? All right, we'll stand all together. We got all this food in our bellies. Let's all, uh, what? <laughs> uh, I know that's what I'll be hearing a lot when everybody sits down. Oh. Is that? Oh wait, I forgot this is live. I'm just like, oh. All right, sorry. All right, trust and obey. We'll sing all together. The glory of His name. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way.
Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Trust and obey. All right. Thank you very much. We'll have Pastor come up. All right. This afternoon will definitely be shorter than this morning, I think. Just kidding. But it will be because we only sang one song. And I don't, uh, I guess the only announcement, two announcements. One, I noticed there's more tracks out there. So Elijah or Erica or someone stocked up some more gospel tracks. So to help out with um, the Phil New England, we have those out there and available. And then next week, the plan is a choir practice after the afternoon service. So 20, 30 minutes, you know, we'll, uh, between now and then we'll pick out a song to start working on. And then maybe after a few weeks, three, four weeks, we'll sing it. For the church, Erica. Karen also offered all of their um, music stuff. I don't, I don't know what that means. What music stuff? No, what music stuff? Their books? Like their choir books and stuff? Nice. So we might be able to get Churchill's old choir books and stuff like that. I guess they have some they're willing to part with. So they'll give us some stuff to use also for some of those things. That'd be a blessing. All right, Ephesians chapter number two, we will pick up here. Ephesians two, we covered eight and nine this morning. We'll wrap up with verse 10. Just one verse, shouldn't take us long. Really shouldn't. All right, we'll go ahead and stand together out of respect for the reading of God's word. We'll just read 8, 9, and 10. We won't read the whole first 10 verses again, but it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have for us this, this afternoon. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us as we look at this final verse um, and just challenge us and help us to understand, to grasp, and to uh, comprehend what it is you want us to know and understand uh, through this verse. And Lord, I just ask you to work and accomplish your will today and uh, your will in us as well, Lord. And we ask these things and pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So, I won't do a big introduction because it was only an hour and a half or so ago when we were wrapping up the last message. So, his workmanship, for we are his workmanship. Workmanship deals with fashioning. Um, in Exodus 31, 3 through 5, it's speaking of, uh, I can't recall his name now, but the man that... Um, fashioned the gold and the silver Artisopher. items? Artisopher. Artisopher? I think it's, I'm saying that wrong. Okay. Um, but that's, the, yes. that's his name? No. That's no, the, the workmanship. Yeah, workmanship. Okay. Yeah, so it's somebody who makes or molds or shapes, fashions something that, you know, you take a, a lump of gold and you fashion it into something else. Or you take a chunk of silver and you fashion it. It's workmanship that turns it from one thing into another. That transforms something into a different shape um, 
But it's not just any shape, it's a shape with purpose. It represents something, or it means something, or it has a, a role that it is intended to play. So Exodus 31, 3 to 5 says, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones to set them and in carving of timber uh, to work in all manner of workmanship. So back in Exodus, when they were designing the temple, God gave a man some particular gifts in all these different areas to be able to use the skills of workmanship to make these items for the uh, for the tabernacle. I think I said temple, but um, so <clears throat> what God has done in, uh, is fashioned us specifically for a purpose. He's fashioned us for a specific function or functions. He has and he has and is making and molding us. Uh, so what an amazing God we serve. He hasn't saved us and left us as we were, but it says here, for we are his workmanship. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he is working in us. He is fashioning us. Uh, he is making and molding us. Uh, the next verse, the next part of the verse, rather. So we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So... Um, you know, in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And it goes on to speak about uh, Him making everything, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Over in Colossians 1, it speaks about, uh, I didn't put the exact reference in my notes here. In Colossians 1, it says... In verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, I actually don't believe those are direct cross-references to this passage in Ephesians because we're talking about salvation in this passage. We're talking about his workmanship in this passage. Did Christ create everything? Yes, he did. But it's not saying by, created by Jesus, or by Christ Jesus. It says created in Christ Jesus. And we're talking about the work that was wrought in Christ. We're talking about us being uh, quickened. Where was that verse here? Right chapter. He hath quickened us together with Christ. So we're talking about being in Christ. The end of the passage speaks of, uh, which is his body, speaking of the church, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He is in all of us. So we are created in Christ Jesus. So I believe it's dealing with what he has made us for, what he has fashioned us for since we have been saved. Not that he created mankind, which he did. I don't deny that. But since we've been born again, we are now remade, created in Christ Jesus, according to his workmanship for a purpose for some purposes or really a purpose so that's something slightly different it says uh yeah it says here we're created in christ jesus yes we were created by him since we're born again we are now in christ jesus and as born again christians we are his workmanship created in christ jesus so that is his purpose he has a plan it goes on created in christ jesus unto good works 
So as we are fashioned by him, created in him for a specific person, purpose. Yeah, he made mankind to be his originally, to be the sons of God and to fill the earth and to uh, glorify him. But what happened? Adam sinned in the garden. Uh, since then, it has been hit or miss. Most men have been, or all men have been sinners. Some have believed. And now he has those who have believed, who've trusted, who've exercised faith, and that now are born again. And he is making them into uh, creatures such that they can glorify Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, he made us to be saved, or yes, we've been saved. Yes, to one day have a glorified body. Yes, to rule and reign with him in the millennium and enjoy eternity with him. But presently, we have a purpose. We're here. He saved us and left us here to accomplish something. And since he's left us here, he is working in us. He is working on us. He is uh, trying to accomplish something through our lives that only he can accomplish. But we have to let him. We have to decide, okay, God, I am yours. I am all yours. And whatever it is you want to do with me, I'm willing to do it. I am willing to be it. We need to allow him to accomplish his will in us so that he can fulfill his purpose. What is his purpose? According to this passage, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not that we were saved by good works, but now that we are saved, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So that we can do good works. So that we will do good works. That's what he's trying to accomplish in us. That's what he wants to make and mold us to. And there's a reason for it. We'll see in a second. Colossians 1.10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice the reference to walk on our theme this year. Walk worthy out of Ephesians 4.1. 1 Peter 2.12. Here's a good reason why we are to have these good works to, to, to accomplish or to do these good works. 1 Peter 2.12 says, Having your conversation. We learned last week that deals with the way we live our lives, the way that people see us live our lives. So we need to have our conversation honest among the Gentiles, among all men, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, Glorify God in the day of visitation. So our good work should be such so that when people see our good works, while they might have attempted to say evil things of us, when push comes to shove, they see our good works and it causes them to glorify God. That is the purpose. Again, it comes back to glorifying Him. We are created in Christ Jesus according to His workmanship, unto good works and i believe the purpose of those good works are to glorify god well well how do we do that you lead someone to christ is not god glorified through that you sing a song that praises and pleases him is not god glorified in that not a song that glorifies me but a song that glorifies him uh, we serve in some capacity and do something for the lord we raise kids that are going to serve the lord and live for him with their lives and raise godly children and so on and so forth. Is not God glorified through that? He is. Our good works are to glorify him, not ourselves. That deals with two things. One, the purpose of the good works. But two, our motives. What are our motives for doing it? Prayerfully, our motive in doing anything for the Lord is that he be glorified, not that we be glorified. 
So a pretty good example there. Our last thought here will be done. I told you it would be quick this afternoon. It says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God ordained ahead of time that all who would trust Christ should walk in the good works that he has saved them unto. So our life, our walk, should be filled with good works. Well, what are the good works? Anything we do to bring glory to him. I believe we're doing a good work bringing glory to him. That A number of things fit into that category. But that should be our motive, that should be our desire, that should be the purpose, is that we do works that will bring him glory. I know I say this often, but for clarity's sake, just want to make sure when it says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, it's not saying that we have been ordained since the beginning of time to be saved so that we can do the good works. No. But everyone who gets saved, it is ordained that all who trust Christ as their Savior should then walk in these good works. That's what it means. So, not that we're saved to do this, but those who get saved should then do this. That's the, that's the order. You're saved first, and then you're ordained to good works. But God ordained that all who get saved should walk in them. All right. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we once were. We read about that earlier in chapter 2. But God, which is rich in mercy, we are no longer what we once were. We once were as the children of disobedience. And we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. We did evil works. We fulfilled the lust of the flesh. We fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now that we are saved, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. No longer to do those works that we used to do. But now we should walk in these good works. So uh, that is God's will. That is God's desire. So wrapping up, I don't even know how long. It's only been a few minutes. I should probably go another 20 minutes or so, right? I'm just kidding. Joke. So my prayer is that studying these verses, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Prayerfully, listen, we studied several weeks ago, the end of chapter 1. God wants us to know. He wants us to understand. He wants our uh, to be enlightened. How does it say it? The eyes of your understanding. Well, first, he wants us to know that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Our eyes, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know. He wants us to know. He wants us to understand. So he didn't just write these things down so we can flippantly read them and say, oh, that's great. But he wants us to dig in and get into the meat and understand what he's actually done for us and the depth of what he's done for us. He wants us to know the how it goes the height and depth and breadth and width and all everywhere in between i think i think that's most of it uh he wants us to understand fully what the love of christ means to us and what he has done for us and as we dig in and we delve into the depth of some of these things i pray it helps us to have a better understanding of who our god is of what he's actually done for us 
and how unworthy we are so that it causes us all the more to want to glorify him and praise him for what he has done for us. So that is the goal. I believe that's my goal. I believe it's also God's goal into why he had this book penned down, the book of Ephesians, that we could know these things. So that's all I got for today. So I know it was short, shorter than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. All right, I'll go ahead and close this in a word of prayer, and then we will dismiss. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we are, uh, by your workmanship, Lord, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We know that your desire, your will is that we would walk in these good works, ultimately, so that we can and we will glorify you. And as as the world looks upon us, and some may want to, uh, some may want to make accusations against us. Lord, I pray that our good works would just point people to you. Ultimately, that you'd be glorified. And Father, I ask you to help us with these things. I pray that you will work them out in our lives. And Lord, we pray for your blessing, and that you would accomplish your perfect will in your perfect way, in and through our lives. Lord, we ask these things. We pray them in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right.